arriba, Surprise, motherfucker. It's the world famous Urban Jungle Radio With your host Danny Mendez and NDV Yourself a snake, yourself a snake. I got myself a snake. Yeah, I got myself a snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got myself a snake. Yo, yo. I'm the C, the H to the R I S. Nickname Venomous, cause I eat some flesh. Shady's so sick, we call him poisonous. He's the D, the A to the N and Y. King of the tribe, that's Cobra Kai. Friday night is game tight, like Jordan game night. Top flight, cross side, good guy. Many try, many die. Come again if you want a war, get it bloody. That spells doom. When I first met him, he had an alligator in his fucking dorm room. Live talk, live podcast show, UJR, never leave us. A more, conservation radio more. Too much to process To leave your head spinning He donates to charities And protests spinning Living in this time Behind enemy lines So I got mine I hope you got yourself a snake You from the hood I hope you got yourself a snake You want peace I hope you got yourself a snake I got myself a snake Yeah He's the A, the N to the D-Y On the show with these two, there's an awesome vibe Coming at you live So get your laptops ready and puff some live Lace up your boots, cause it's game time Competition, they make Amelia He's Danny Mendez, he's me familiar Yeah, that's him I'm living in this time behind enemy lines So I got mine, I hope you got yourself a snake You from the hood, hope you got yourself a snake You want peace, hope you got yourself a snake Get yourself a snake. Go get one. Get two. I got myself a snake. UJR Radio all day. You know what it is. I get yourself a snake. Danny Mendez, bitches. I got myself a snake. It's another Urban Jungle Radio Production. The following broadcast may contain mature subject matter and extreme awesomeness. Listen at your own risk. Attention, jungle junkies and new listeners worldwide. It's time for the world famous... Urban Jungles Radio, the Urban Jungles Radio Show, with your host, Danny Mendez, the Beast Master, and Andy Lee. 
Prepare to enter a new stream of consciousness, higher level of awareness, and an overabundance of awesomeness. Streaming live at the speed of light from the worldwide interweb, straight to your brain's core. It's the world famous Urban Jungles Radio. Oh, that's right, my sexy, sultry, beautiful jungle junkies across the globe. You're here with me, and Andy can't believe that I'm I'm giving such a luscious welcome to you. But yes, I miss you, because you are all my my sexy jungle junkies, and I, I missed you all. How are you, my people? Andy, say hi. Hello, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and I am... More than pleased to announce the fact that we are joined by a very special guest in the studio this evening, Andy. Oh, really? It's long overdue. You may have recognized that sultry Staten Island accent sound. Straight from the Shaolin Island is, of course, Mr. Chris Perillo, who sang that Get Yourself a Sneak intro. And um, Chris is here tonight, acting as our, our engineer in the studio. So, hi, Chris. And hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Nice. And uh, Chris, man, I, I I remember a day, Chris, when when you blessed us with with some live hip hop and 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 just rhymes on on at the drop of, drop of a dime, rhymes on a dime. What what happened to that, Christopher? I don't know. It was many eons ago. And and is there the possibility that this evening we can see? A resurgence of your MC status by maybe giving us like like a what like a bar is that even a measure Andy like a bar, yeah, a bar. that's a bar right Absolutely. like a bar give us like a bar of your freestyle look I have paper you can even write on it it's gonna be a long show you have time to write <laughs> you, want, you want to try that you want to try to write something while, while I give you a chance you want some paper no it's not gonna happen. look you're gonna be seen by tens of thousands of people on on the internet and and you're heard on the radio Chris is, I made Chris take a shot before this show so I think Chris Uh-oh. is chipping balls right now <laughs> Chris, you want some paper, and you want some paper, and you want to, um... No, I'm good. You sure? <laughs> what, what rhymes with good? Wood? <laughs> Christopher. Like, oh, Chris, come oh, on, man. Come channel. on, Chris. Listen, man. I just, I, for one, I want to say, Chris, I miss your hip-hop skills. And, um, you brought a flavor to Urban Jungles Radio that set us above everyone else in the world we had our own method man in house performing for us yeah. we had the gritty voice of chris perillo we had our own odb in the we office we did you man. fucking dull dirty bastard you like we have you here and and like you know we we, we want that back so um you know what oh you know what i forgot andy what's that we should be going live right we should be Let's let's, let's do this Facebook Live. There's a reason why I brought Chris here, actually, too, as well as being our, our sound engineer and missing the absolute living hell out of him. Hell yeah. Um, it was a, it was a nice uh, nice change to see him as I as I walked into the studio today. Yeah, I, I forgot to warn you that we were going to have a special guest this evening, but it um it was a very pleasant. It was a nice surprise. surprise. It, it felt like Christmas so. down here. Yeah, for sure. So okay, hold on. We're about. I'm going to take it live. Ooh, two, one. So. All right, yeah, so I, I forgot that this, Andy, this Facebook Live thing, how ridiculous has it been? Like, Everyone we, loves it. It's crazy. Like, I've gotten so much feedback yep. on everybody loving it, so we've decided to go live. So if you're out there, this is your chance to uh, to chat with us, talk with us about what's exciting. I'm going to give you the Facebook Live interaction, but I'm actually going to hand you off to our engineer, Chris. There we go. Our engineer, Chris, 
who is um, standing by to help out. Hey, Charlie, what's up, baby? Dico's in the house. I live in Costa Rica. Yeah. Nice. Um, we are going to, I'm going to hand you off to Chris so that he can record us chatting and talking and uh, all that good stuff. So, Chris, come here, Chris. Man. I'm going to hand you off, all right? Andy, Andy, Andy. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna flip it. Chris, here we go. Let's look at me. Say hi. Say hi, Chris. Hello. What's going on? All right. So Chris is gonna say hi, and now Chris is gonna say bye. Uh, peace and out. We're gonna flip it, and now you're good. All right. So listen, if any important <laughs> comments, unlike that one where Danny loves my doodle, comes up and Danny's so sexy, come up. Let me know if there's anything important that I should know about. Don't cover the lens of your finger, and you should be good to go. And just cover me and Andy, Chris. Give everybody in the world, give everybody online a first-hand view of what it is that happens here at the Urban Jungle Dungeon, I mean studio. And um, just Same. learn of the awesomeness that happens here, right? Because we're excited because I know the Facebook Live is apparently like a big thing. It's important. But Chris, don't forget you're an engineer, so you got to keep my damn volume levels up. So turn me up in the headphones. No, 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 like, turn me no, up in the headphones, the for real. No, left side in the headphones. On the left side, Chris. Turn me up in the headphones. No, that's good. You're good. I just want to be able to hear myself. And I want to make sure that our, our Facebook Live listeners can hear us as well. So Chris is going to be on top of that, I'm sure. <laughs> you picked the wrong night to take a shot. <laughs> I can't manage this. <laughs> anyway, we have an exciting... Wrong night to stop sniffing glue. <laughs> we have an exciting show for you this evening, folks. Yes, we, do. we have the one and only Ray Morgan joining yep. us from Costa Rica, nonetheless. Very jealous. Um, living in Tico life, Ray is going to be reaching out to us and uh, letting us know what's good about this amazing project that he has finally brought to light. I'm talking about the one and only The Venom Interviews. Um, if you don't know, I know some of you guys may be... You, you guys are distracting the hell out of me between your signs. Don't worry about it. And he's putting up signs it. and then you're like just in my grill like paparazzi, which is fine. That's your job. It's all good, Chris. Don't worry about it. Let me just vent. Anyway, Ray Morgan has been working on the Venom interviews for a long time. And it's crazy because most people recognize the Venom, Venom interviews as a recent thing. But I think they don't appreciate what has gone into it. So no, no, they don't. We will discuss that. And Andy, you had the distinct... Pleasure, yes, of I which did. I am very jealous of. You hear that? Is, Danny's jealous of me. I am jealous of Andy. This happens a lot. Um, the fact that you got to hang out with Ray himself yes. down at the Texas Rattlesnake Festival, um, which is pretty amazing. The Texas Rattlesnake Festival, as you know, which went down like a month ago. In March. In March. Was that a month ago? Man. That's, dude, it's the June already, man. God damn. Anyway, it went Are you down. Sure you didn't take the shot? And Andy, I did take the shot. <laughs> We both did. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. He just filmed at home in a studio. Yeah. So, so seriously. So, um, uh, is is this what? That's a question. No, I'm not. This isn't a studio. Come closer, Chris. You're taking away the magic. Keep it on me and Andy. We can't. We can't have people asking about questions of where we are. It's a studio. What does it matter to you where the hell it's filmed? It's still damn awesome. Who was it? Who asked that question? Sherry Atkinhead. Oh, Sherry, Sherry, Andy's going to take care of you. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So um, Ray has worked really hard on this project. I don't think it's something that people really understand or understand the scope of. No. Which is pretty fantastic. And what he's covered or uncovered here is pretty spectacular. And I'm looking forward to speaking to him. I know he's made a very special effort to get yeah. to us this evening with the Costa Rican 
Um, well, the jungle has such in. great Wi-Fi and internet capabilities. All I mean, those cheese, they should just knock them down and put up poles that can make Seriously, I mean, what are they doing there. for us? Nothing. <laughs> They're taking up space. Anyway, let's get to Ray, shall we? Please. This is Anna Locke from the Human Centipede 2, and you're listening to Urban Jungle Radio. Join Danny Benders live every Friday night at 10 p.m. in his quest to bring you the very best in cold blooded entertainment. From special guest appearances to you for today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a previous guest on Urban Jungles and also mm-hmm. featured in a video by our man Andy V that was shot recently at the Texas Rattlesnake Festival. I am very pleased to welcome our guest of the evening. Please welcome all the way from La Selva in Costa Rica is our man Ray Morgan. Ray, are you with us? I am with you still. Hey guys, how are you? Hey Ray, hey Ray, dude, thank you so much, man. I understand what a what a ridiculous effort it is to you know be able to have reliable communications where you are. But it other is, than that, well, yeah. I was gonna say just other than that, um, screw you because you're living in a really <laughs> wonderful place in the world. So I have yeah, well, no pity for you whatsoever. Well, it <laughs> it is hard to drum up much sympathy. People have a uh, people have an idea of what it's like to be here, and it is it is pretty great to be here. Uh, what they tend to see is what's in books and and websites and travel brochures. They don't send, tend to see the uh, you know the two hundred thousand termites that I swept out of the living room this morning. And uh, probably if I open my office door, it's probably going to look like Narnia out there. <laughs> so it, there's <laughs> it's, problem it's, uh, being. <laughs> No, no, no. But I, have to, but I have to tell you that all of the effort is worth it because I've never had a human centipede lead in before. That is the first time, probably the last. Mark that off your bucket list, Ray. Mark that off your bucket list. It's been taken care of. Um, no, man. Believe me, I understand that having visited that incredible country and having left a piece of myself there I, I can completely understand the love for it and it is definitely not the easiest place to live as I discovered when trying to do things like getting um car repairs done it, it's really amazing and um yeah. <laughs> like what you have to go through for the basic things that we take for granted here in the states but other than that the payoff is is obvious oh yeah Oh yeah, I was. It, you know what really blew me away when I um, first released the film. We kicked off a few months ago in Florida, and I went in like before lunch. I got more done than I would in a week, in, in within like a third of a mile stretch of road in one nondescript town in in Florida. Uh, I got more done in four hours than I would have in four days here. It's just uh, you know it, it, the convenience there is. Um, you know, it's it's different from here, but I still love it. Yeah, absolutely. There's 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 definitely a lot to there's love. A lot to love. Yeah, seriously. And just the wildlife alone. I mean, obviously, we've been friends on Facebook forever, and yeah. I've been able to follow a lot of your posts, and I see, you know, the animals that you get to interact with day to day, and and even the stuff that gets brought to you by people <laughs> that are learning not to kill it anymore because the crazy white guy from the states wants it all. Yeah. 
Um, that's pretty awesome. No, that's spectacular. The ability to have that, that, that kind of, you know, reach to people and get to see the animals as a result. I'm so jealous. Those, especially those boas, man. Don't ever take those boas for granted. I know they're nasty and they are just horrible, but they're so damn cool. The fact that you have boa constrictors in your yard. Well, you know, what's really, what's really wild is, you know, for years and years and years, so I'm, you know, I've been a herper for 40, you know, Let's call it 40 years now. Uh, and because the boas are so common in the U.S. pet trade, that was one of the things that I kind of just, you know, I just had a blind spot for them. And I ignored them and I didn't pay any attention to them. And now, you know, I see a boa on the street or, you know, we find a boa in the yard and I lose my mind. It's, it is just, you know, to see them in their, you know, their natural habitat. And this is where this animal lives and this is what it's really like to find one in the wild. And, yeah, you're right. They are not. They are not pet trade animals. They hate your soul. Wild boas are, are a handful. They are. And, and, you know, that's happened to me more and more in life, i found. As I've discovered things in the wild, you get a completely different appreciation and a completely different vantage point of, of the lives that you thought these animals had. It's so crazy. And that's what makes it hard for me sometimes to get behind some of the things in the herp world or in the herp, quote, community or quote unquote you know um you have to see these animals like see a king snake in captivity you know and 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 just know where it comes from before you devote yourself to breeding every kind of morph there is of one well you know? that's something we've, we've talked about before you know being able to maybe not necessarily go down to costa rica but in your own backyard be able to see an animal and how it it you know looks and acts differently than it does in captivity i mean that's just a plain fact yeah i saw it oh, happening yeah. in australia yeah. Um, it's fantastic. Well, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. what's ahead. really amazing is what you, uh, what you get accustomed to or what becomes kind of the new normal. So I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm not, like I could do a quick count of the animals that happen to be in the office right now, but there's a, a neotropical rattlesnake that came out of a house down the hill. There's this boa constrictor that came out of somebody's office. There's a hognose viper that came from somebody's garage. There's an eyelash viper that came from somebody's shower. Uh, there's a coral snake. Uh, I forgot where that came from. There's, but the coolest thing is, two days ago we had this snake called Scolocophus atrocinctus. It's a, um, it's a centipede eater, sometimes called a harlequin snake. Mm-hmm. My wife opened her office door the other morning, and the snake was just sitting on the floor in the middle of the office. And it's one of the most beautiful, you know, wow. most beautiful colubrids you'll ever see. And it was just, it happened to be here in the house. Nice when they come to you for a change, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes it easy. <laughs> <That makes> it easy. <laughs> well, speaking of coming to you, you pretty much had to do the opposite and basically travel around a large portion of the country, if not world at some point, um, to reach some pretty amazing people for your film, man. We we need to talk about this because I... This is weird to me. I mean, this is kind of like what makes me feel like an old fart in the world, but I feel like I've watched the evolution of the Venom interviews over the, over the years. And like when people see it released today, um, and when they hear the names, they join the, the very popular Facebook site. I don't think they appreciate what has actually gone into the creation of this project, which is beyond the scope and scale of anything mm-hmm. else that we've come across before in the past. Ray, why don't you give us a quick breakdown on the Venom interviews and how it became what I think is definitely a labor of love in the least. Yeah, well, well, it was – so about five years ago, um, just a little over five years ago or so now, uh, I had some time to kill, and I was looking for a new project to take on. 
And I said, okay, well, you know, I have I have 12 or 18 months I can devote to something. And I, at the time, I was getting really bothered by the state of the media and the way that, um, you know, herpetology or herpetoculture, you know, reptiles and the people who work with them were portrayed in the media. And it's just, you know, it's gone downhill. We've seen the the trash TV from Animal Planet. We've seen. Uh, we've seen Nat, Nat Geo Wild kind of join them in the race to the bottom. We've seen disappointment after disappointment from Discovery, and that really that really bothered me a lot. And so I started looking for a project in the Herp world, uh, you know, some story to tell that was outside of that. And I kind of started from the premise that look, this stuff is is interesting, and why you know these what should be nature and science programming keeps coming back to the same subject. Uh, so it must be interesting, but they keep fictionalizing it. Why do they do that? And if you get rid of that, if you get rid of the hyperactive host and you get rid of the crew and you get rid of the fabricated storylines and you just deal with the real people that do the real work with the real animals, would that still be interesting and what would that look like? So my goal was to capture that, um, to talk to kind of the A-list of uh, of everyone who – who does work from emergency medicine to venom labs to venom research to zoology to field biologists to veterinarians to, to pretty much any profession that you can think of that works in some capacity with venomous reptiles and learn about you know learn about their day-to-day work and learn about how they came to do what they're doing uh, well, it turned out I bit off way more than I could chew on. I think you and I first talked about this. Has it been four years or maybe a little bit more than four yeah. years ago? I think it's been about four to five years yeah, easily, yeah. Wow. Well, so that uh, – one of the most difficult things is, you know, I'd, I'd done the, the road trip around the U.S. and Canada, um, shot about 60 hours of material, and wasn't sure, you know, wasn't really sure where the story was going to be. Uh, but once I got, you know, I, I kind of did a clockwise circle from Los Angeles uh, around North America, around U.S. and Canada anyway. Uh, and by the time I got to, you know, Florida, I, I had some pretty good idea about what was emerging from this collection of interviews. And if you think about it, it's really a weird thing to do, to go and literally collect 60 hours of interviews from people who do a pretty unusual type of work. But the what started kind of emerging from that is like this is this is the coolest survey of these professions and professional people that anybody's ever put together and and I got to kind of geek out on it. I mean, aside from being the one who's doing it, I had a kind of a front row seat as a as a fan of this field of knowledge, this field of research, and this field of work. Uh, you know, I got I got a front row seat to all of it. And then got home and said, okay, now i got to put this together. Somewhere in this 60 hours of material, there's a story to tell. How do I cut this up and put that together? And that turned out to be extraordinarily difficult, which is why it took as long as it did. Um, but I think uh, if you've seen the product, I think uh, generally what uh, the feedback has been is that it was well worth it. And And even now, after watching it frame by frame for years and years, I can still sit back and watch this as a fan and just totally dig it. You definitely encompass the entire spectrum here. I mean, from, you know, the basics of what these guys or how it is that they got to where they're being to the work that they're doing that I think the general public doesn't even have 
you know, does not even fathom what it is that, you know, these guys do and and how amazing they do it. And what a dying breed it is, too, as well, for a lot of these these positions and, and these people you know, these quote-unquote old-school herpers, especially, that are, are seemingly leaving us constantly. Um, you know, the Venom interviews is definitely, I think, a, a vital chapter in the history of what we've accomplished so far as, as kind of, you know, a group of people with the interest in the same animal. Well, it's definitely something that we've needed for a long time because it's so comprehensive. It's so comprehensive. Yes, yes, it yeah. is, for sure. Um, well, you know, I made, I made the film that I wanted to see. I mean, I was... Uh, you know, I was kind of sitting there when, when I was thinking about what kind of uh, what topic I wanted to tackle. The first thing that came up was the berms in South Florida, and that had that had kind of been done. Or it was in the process of being done. And I said, no, that's that's not really it. Um, but this, because because the subject had been so badly fictionalized, and still, you know, it just it keeps getting worse. Um, it seemed like the right seemed like the right thing to do, and then. The other thing that you mentioned about being it being a piece of history that didn't dawn on me until God, I think all, all, all the filming might have even been done by the time I realized that wow, this is actually a slice of of, of herp history of this this time period. This is a snapshot of who's doing what. Um, and then when you take that and you compound it with all of the you know the kind of expectations in the community that grew up around the project, there was a lot of pressure to get it right. Sure. And, um, I hope I did that. I'm actually pretty confident that that I did that. It's um, you know to hear to hear people say the same things that I felt about it. That this is what I've always wanted to see. That these are the people whose story I've always wanted to hear. That that feels good. It is. It is. It's something to definitely geek out about. I mean, I wish this was the video that I had when I was a kid, sure. you know, trying to figure out what was actually going on out there in the world of, you know, animals, that next step of catching something at the pond and wanting to keep it. Like, it was it was amazing to see these people in these capacities. And not to harp back on this historical thing, I mean, but you've got people on tape that can never be had again. And that yes. is spectacular. Yes. You know, to me, that is make, alone makes you know the work so worth its weight in gold. Is the fact that you now have you know like the the amazing Carl Fourteen, who we uh, covered yeah. extensively here on Urban Jungles Radio, yeah. and uh, you know to see that was just great. And I totally geeked out over that and over the bonus footage. And there's so much of it, which is great. I mean, you've got two hours yeah, yeah. yourself. And, yeah, the, the film itself is almost two hours, just a little under two hours. Right. And you've got the, the bonus features, which are, you know, ridiculous uh, um, topics. I mean, not ridiculous in the bad way either, just topics that Everything you didn't expect. Yeah, you know, were I, able to cover yeah. in, in a two-hour film, which is, which is great because it covers a lot of stuff. And one of them, which was um, something I was curious about uh, myself for the longest time, are, are Venomoids. And that's covered in... Yeah. in, in well, wow. I thought that was great. Well, you know, there there were a couple of topics that were just brutal from an editing standpoint. Um, and the two of them, the two of them that really, really beat me up were venomoids and uh, self immunization, which was covered in a mm-hmm. probably a very different way from people what people would expect. But the uh, the venomoids were that was a tough. I mean. That is an exceptionally tough subject. I mean, we could do a whole show on that and why it's difficult to talk about. It's very difficult to have a rational conversation about a very emotionally charged issue. 
and it's very hard to to have a discussion that goes on for more than five minutes before people start getting fired up about it and mm-hmm. and it heads into the weeds pretty quickly and and so that probably took oh gosh well you'll notice that that's the longest it's almost 17 minutes long it's the longest piece on the entire disc it's the longest coverage to any one subject on that disc and that's because you can't cut it short you can't if you if you if you do an abridged version of that subject you leave too many questions unanswered so it was very much an all or none uh, kind of consideration of a topic for sure, and I think that's what makes it so special is, is the depth to which you've explored yep. some of these topics is is really spectacular. And you, and you didn't just uh, just talk to you know venom keepers. You know, you talk to a, a whole gamut of people that deal with venom from you know uh, medicinal to you know um, Alcaritz, who's a private keeper. Right. You know, you, you cover that whole gamut. Yeah. You even you know got um, uh, Brian Greg Fry in there, so. Yeah. Well, you know what was really interesting is I had from the outset once I kind of chose the topic I wanted to 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 go after, my first thought was, well, you know, private herpetoculture is a big subject that really deserves a that deserves coverage by itself. And so my uh the original plan was, well, let's let's save that for later. We'll table it for now and we'll just deal with uh the you know, the professional aspect of this, but really there's there's no nice convenient line between the two of those the you know serious herpetoculture and professional herpetology overlap to the point that they are you know they they share body fluids you can't separate those two those two areas and still come up with a meaningful coverage of the story you have to have that context for sure absolutely it definitely makes a difference um and, and i definitely like the approach you took as far as like the the self immunization and by the way steve ludwin told me to say that he was say hi and that he was your first i believe i don't know something along those lines you never know what to expect from uh, steve i didn't know i i didn't didn't talk to to steve actually um the person that i did speak with was was carl peterson and carl uh carl was interesting because he raised some interesting questions mm-hmm. um and those questions led to uh to discussions with with snake bite specialist doctors and an immunologist at the National Na- uh, Natural Toxins Research Center and so you had somebody raising questions and then you had physicians and researchers able to address those questions in a way that took a lot of the theatrics out of what is uh, what has come to be attached to the topic of self immunization for sure um, and that's it, that was the other one if there were two if there were two topics that I just felt run over by, it was, you know, the venomoids and, and, and SI are just, it is tough to cover those subjects. Is it tough to cover because of your personal beliefs? No, it's not so much. It's tough to cover them when you, if you have a commitment to telling the story purely factually and in as balanced a way as possible, but not adding false balance and, not adding false balance, meaning that you know not all voices need to be taken equally seriously. Um, you know, there's there are there are sources of information that are more credible and sources that are less credible, and you give up you give a lot more weight to the voices that are are more credible. Uh, but to still give that uh, to give that a fair consideration, and, and that's especially true in, in venomoids. It was 
um, you know, the, the, what was clear in self-humanization is there, there are some good sources of information to address the questions that that raises. With venomoids, it, the thing that makes it really, really tough is that the, for the herp community, it's a very emotional issue. And I always have to, to preface this by saying I am not a fan of the, of the procedure. I don't think it's, I don't think it's generally necessary. Um, but there are a lot of reasons that the herp community gives why it shouldn't be done. And a lot of times those reasons aren't real. In other words, I'm not a fan of the procedure, but I'm also not a fan of using fiction to try to argue against it. If you're going to argue against it, there ought to be real reasons why you can argue against it. And that's, um, that's what made that so phenomenally difficult. For sure. That's definitely a, a, t- a tough vantage point to cut through. Um, mm. uh, let me ask you this. Um, are, are self-immunizers one of the weirdest groups of people <laughs> you met? <laughs> 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 uh, well, the, so of the <laughs> – okay, I can feel the water boiling right now. Um, so – the, so one of the, the 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 processes that I went through very early in I mean before I started filming or recording any interviews was I went through this process that I, I came to call filtering for crazy, which was, um, you know I, I wanted serious scientists and serious researchers and serious herpetoculturists and and I didn't want it to be a clown show. I was really uh, I was really on guard against it um, against it becoming the story that I, I was again, I, I was really uh, uh, fighting it becoming something that animal planet would want to do. And that it was, it was necessary that that not be the tone of it. And so there was, you know, I started with a list of say 90 names or something and whittled it down to about 40. And, uh, you know, without mentioning names, there were some in that original list that were, you know, they're just not the ones to tell this story. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that filtering for crazy saved me. Uh, that saved a lot of drama, and I think it, it it ends up with this very, you know, this very information dense consideration of of all these subjects, almost to the point you can, you watch it, and you gotta you gotta take a break at halfway through it just to catch your breath because it's pretty it's pretty intense. <laughs> what an amazing filter of craziness that must have been ineffective as well because <laughs> like i gotta tell you man like few people i mean obviously you know um few people are ever as as passionate i i guess is the word as the venomous folk you know when it comes to anything any topic yeah. and and it's, it's, it's hard to cut through people. yeah it's hard to cut through some of the people i mean even i mean you had some people who are considered i, I wouldn't say controversial but i mean yeah, like like Al Karitz, who we mentioned before. I mean, in the venomous community, I know there's like pros and cons to him and stuff like that, as well as everybody else. But it's like, man, how do you even begin to sort through that? It's a rough crowd. Like, like I think next to the venomous are like maybe oh man, I know I'm gonna get shit for this, but like I don't know, maybe like the big Python people, as far as like just the sure. layers of craziness that you have to cut through to get to actual. I don't, yeah. yeah. I, no, I'm not. I'm not that. Deep, I'm not that deep in the big constructor community, but um, I don't. I'm not sure that they've got the same level of um, variety that we do in the, <laughs> in the, the venom. I mean, but the, the the venomous world is is really interesting because you have um, 
you know, you have serious biologists who do work with large constrictors, and some of that work is really, really fascinating. But you have in the, the venomous world, you have you have serious researchers that are that are doing work in a lot of different related fields. So uh, you have you have this amazing variety of people who are. Uh, you know, you mentioned Al Karitz, and Al is a, uh, is a is a you know Al's a good friend of mine. I had him on you know on my show over on Herp Nation, uh, and he's you know he's a uh, somebody that I, I value as a you know a member of the community. But you can't get a group of people who are. I mean, look, herpers herpers are not herpers because they're all together normal people. They're you know, we, we are. I mean, we are we're a weird. Yeah, we are a weird group of people, and you can't get a, a you know a community of a, you know a few thousand people and expect everybody to to love everybody. We do have strong opinions about stuff, and I get in I get in verbal fistfights all the time over topics that I'm passionate about. So I don't fault anybody for having strong opinions, uh, but I, I I'd fault people if they don't have good arguments to support those opinions. And it, our our opinions should be based on real data. It should be based on Real information. Absolutely. Now, when you uh, when you were contacting um, the people that you interviewed for the Venom interviews, um, were they apprehensive at first, or were they willing, or was there anyone that you had to uh, to kind of convince otherwise? I, ha- I think I probably had to convince almost everybody because the people that I wanted to talk to were people that had largely been burned by other media. In fact, uh, it, it probably, it might have been almost half of the people actually said the words, this is not for Animal Planet, is it? <laughs> and, um, and so that that was probably the first indication that I got was that, you know, A, this is going to be kind of difficult, and B, that I was probably on the right track. Um, but one of the things that was amazing about it is, you know, here's this, you know, herp enthusiast with a camera, essentially, uh, and, and not much more. I mean, I was a very private private keeper. And so I wasn't uh, attached to the larger community for the most part, or at least hadn't been in many, many years. And so these were not all people that I knew going into the project. Um, in fact, I don't think there's anybody you'll see in the film that I knew beforehand. These are all people that I met. Um, and they were all very apprehensive because they had all been burned by bad editing or by having their words twisted around to try to mean something that they didn't mean or to to be coaxed into saying things that weren't really what what they were trying to say. And unfortunately, that's a really, really common, uh, it's a common unfortunate aspect of what passes for nature and science programming today. And the evil that you can do in editing is almost unlimited. And sure. unfortunately, they, they um, editors have taken you know, just unforgivable liberties with the material that they've, you know, that they've recorded. And so, so to go back to your original question, yeah, everybody was nervous. Everybody was, was nervous, but there was, (laughs) there was a funny thing that started happening and I didn't realize it was happening until after I had finished is, so I started in the Western U S and I'd worked my way kind of around and, uh, you know, eventually made my way over to, 
you know, I met with uh, Frank Lundberg in Idaho and then had a couple of other stops and talked with, you know, Mark Seward, who does uh, heloderma biology research in Colorado, and then met, got up to Terry Phillip in, in South Dakota. And as I kind of made my way around, people were calling each other saying, is this guy for real? Is he okay? Is it is it okay to talk to him? And, and I, what I did notice, though, is that as, you know, the farther I got, by the time I got to, you know, Illinois and Indiana and Canada and Florida, things were getting easier and easier and easier. And what I ended up hearing later was they were all talking to each other saying, you know, this, this seems to be for real. Now, now Ray, did, did I hear a little bit of disappointment in your voice when talking about network television and nature and science <laughs> programming? I just did a little bit of je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, maybe I was too subtle about that. Um, <laughs> That's pretty funny. Now, now, let me ask you this. Are you equally as upset about the cancellation of the Venom Hunters as everybody else? Oh, man. <laughs> I could have <laughs>
vowing to change their their you know direction as well and then pursuing a more educational one like will it ever stop is that are we all like going to give in to this like venus flytrap of networks and always fall into it because i mean i have my own personal story but i mean like it just seems that jesus christ man when are we going to stop falling for this shit they're not going to make it better and we can't make i don't know maybe i'm just being a pessimist but i don't think we can make it better at this point well, I, so uh, well, you, you raised a, a, a bunch of issues, so I can uh, I can I'll, I'll respond to the ones that I, I'll respond to them as they as they're escaping my brain. I I don't think that network stuff is going to get any better. They are you know they're public companies that have to answer to shareholders, and the reality is that garbage sells and garbage is profitable, and garbage can be produced for very little money. Um, the uh, I mean, to, without throwing ridiculous numbers out there. What the Venom interviews cost to produce is probably uh, conservatively, oh, jeez, I don't know, 30 to 50 times what an episode of something like the Venom Hunters would cost to produce. Um, so it, they, it, it's hard to do good – it's hard to do good media profitably, and if they have a formula for quick and dirty, that's what the – you know, that's that's the business they're in. Until the public – wakes up and by that i mean the public it's not the herp community because we are too mm-hmm. small a group to have any clout mm-hmm. but the public has to wake up and say you know what we've had enough of this they have to be able to recognize that it's nonsense and then you know vote with their remote they have to be able to, to turn that off but is it going to be any better um this is where i think things really get interesting the fact that you know one guy with a little bit of help and a camera um managed to capture and tell the story and capture this piece of history. One of the things that I wanted to demonstrate, aside from the fact that this is real and the real stuff is interesting, aside from the fact, uh, aside from that, I wanted to demonstrate that we can do this, that we don't have to wait for Discovery to do this, or we don't, or Animal Planet. We can, you know, we can do this. We, yep. uh, you know, when, when I when I say that, you know, the Venom interviews is a product of this community. We did this. Um, you know, we as in this community, we put this together. So I think the community can be proud of that. And I think the community should do more of it. Um, and the only way I think that media coverage of this subject is going to get any better is if we do it ourselves. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. And I think people take for granted. I mean, obviously, you as a filmmaker know, and I'm not comparing this to what you make, but the fact that we now live in this time and age when anyone, literally anyone, can make a goddamn film, especially if you got a yep. phone. Like, I, I yeah. think that there's stuff that we could contribute that is so much better than what we're seeing out in the networks. And you're right, we should take it into our own hands and take back the media because what's happening on networks is ridiculous. And we've known this for a while, and it's only getting worse as much as they promise to change it. Yep. I mean, luckily, we have quality programming like the Venom interviews out there to balance that off. But, and Urban Jungles Radio. And Urban Jungles Radio. But, um, Urban you know, Jungles. otherwise, it's, it's kind of scary, man, What what's out there. And it's so hard to get that information out there. Now, I mean... As far as the Venom interviews go, um, what is your hopes? Like, is it is it being received well by the general public? As as far as like the information that you're presenting, are they able to digest this stuff? That's been actually one of the pleasant surprises. I've been all along. I've been very very nervous in that I knew that this is a pretty uh, a pretty dense, pretty esoteric kind of film for the herb community. Um, but there's been a few times, maybe half a dozen times now, that I've presented it to audiences at 
you know, national park nature centers or, you know, groups like at the Texas Rattlesnake Festival where I had a standing room only uh, to do a Q&A session uh, about this. And, you know, what's, what's amazing is people that are not herpers but have some interest in nature or science generally or even if it, they're, they have a casual interest in reptiles or venomous snakes, uh, they dig it. And, I mean, I can, I can do uh, – I, I can show a series of clips and I'll warn them that, look, by the time we finish, we're going to break down an IgG molecule talking about, about antivenom and you're going to understand it. And they do and they dig it. And so one of the, the really the, the pleasant surprises is that that general public, it, it resonates with them, too. And I did not, you know, I didn't expect that. I, um, in fact, I would have, I think I would have bet against it. And I think still I'm surprised every time it happens and it, it turns out so well. But those are some of my favorite audiences because they, you know, you, you don't have people in those audiences who, want to show you everything they know, they're really asking questions. You know, what about, you know, what do I do about this coral snake that I found in my yard? What do I do about, um, you know, I had a friend that was bitten by a copperhead and this and this and this happened. Or, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go on vacation in Costa Rica. Do I have to worry about every animal in the country? And so I, to be able to speak to an audience that are interested like that and to have them get it, to have them, to have them be able to recognize that, yeah, the way the media has treated this is really pretty bad, um, but it's still super interesting if you cover it correctly. That's been immensely satisfying, surprising and satisfying. I can imagine, and people, you know, that's the thing: the general public does digest this stuff if it's presented in a concise and you know digestible manner for them. It's fascinating shit. Like, yeah, it really, is. It really it is. is. I mean, to watch what happens, you know, behind the scenes, what, to, to know, to see what Carl Barden does, you know, like, that's just amazing stuff that you don't know still happens. And yeah, I, I mean, love the fact that the Venom interviews brings that right front and center and reminds you of the wonderful world that's out there, man. Just want to officially tell you, like, kudos to you. I absolutely loved, loved, loved it. Um, it I geeked out over it. And, and that's why I had to ask you the question over the general public because I immensely enjoyed it and I, I, I want to – and my hope is that more people will watch this and understand that this is the real world out there of what is happening. And, and I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I absolutely loved it. And I, I honestly – I'll be brutally honest. I still have not gotten through all of the bonus footage yet. <laughs> but, but well, there's a, bit, there's a bit still to get through. There's a bit, of, but but I love it, man. Like all the oh, topics yeah. are fascinating and it's great. I have it running all the time, and you know I, I'm definitely moving. And it's not it's not for any other reason. I just got a Blu-ray thanks to Andy like a week ago. Um, <laughs> um like uh, you know I I've been loving every second of it, and and good job on you, man. Your your you, the fruits of your labors have paid off. I think you've done a phenomenal job of presenting a really great film in a manner that is is you know appreciatively wonderful. It's well, delightful. It, it definitely. Actually. It's it's appreciated, for, you know, from the Herper standpoint. I mean, you know, people who don't know anything in the Herper world about venomous, this is great for them because it, it has names that they recognize. Even if you've never yeah. dealt with a venomous yeah. in your entire life, yes. you know who Jim Harrison is. Right. You know who Cole Barlden is. Yes. You know who De- Denise yeah. Brewer is. You know, you know who these people are. But it's also, and I'm not putting it down in any fashion, but it's also easy to digest for the layperson as yes. well, yes. which is solid, which yeah. is so solid because well, there's so many... There's so many videos, as you were saying earlier, you know, on, on YouTube where people get so technical and so scientific about a lot of what they're talking about that yep. they lose their audience. They lose their 
maybe not their their focus audience, but they lose the audience um, wider. You know, they 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 yeah. kind of narrow it down yeah. to a specific. Yeah. And if that's what they want to do, that's awesome. Good for you. But the way this was done, even with the extended scenes, which are which are great in themselves, you know, it, it's it makes it so much easier to talk to people about stuff like this. It does. That's, it definitely, great, that's great to hear. Yeah, it's it's a good tool. So so we give you two thumbs up, Andy and I. We, we love Four it, Ray. Up. Four thumbs up. We love it. Absolutely. Well, that's great. To hear. Up in the future, we have to work with you on this, obviously, so you don't sue us. But um, <laughs> I want to like I want to have like a public showing of this or something, man. Like I would love to do like a really cool like a showing of this at at you know maybe like a nature center or Real something. Theater. Yeah, like well, I, you I, know, there I, was. There's been there was a group um, up there in the U.S. that did that actually did that. They rented out a, sh- a theater and yeah, showed it. And Madison uh, Madison Herb Society. Okay. Uh, boy, yeah, uh, right. Ryan, of course, of course, those yeah. forward bastards. Of course they would. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan, so Ryan, Ryan is awesome, is awesome. And so he yeah. and his group rented out a theater, and and I was I was so envious because I could sit here and I could look at pictures of them. Uh, you know, I can see pictures of it up on a big screen, and I've never seen. I've never seen my own film on, on a screen that big, um, but I think that would be a, a blast. That would be a riot if we could if we could come up with a way to do that. It would be, uh, I mean, just, just so that I can on a big screen. I mean, for my own selfish reasons. Let's work on doing a New York City viewing public viewing of this. I think that would be oh. really fucking badass. We get a space yeah. and we'll do it, and we'll have a big Herper party, and it'll be BYO. <laughs> no, well, it'd be great. It'd be great, man. We, all right, let's put our minds together. Let's think of a way to present this greatness. We will bring it. Maybe do it somewhere that the public internet can enjoy. It. I know with all this live crap too that we can do now, we can do some cool stuff. But let's make something happen, man. I, I want to get your film out there. Right? I wholeheartedly believe in it. I think it's spectacular. I think you did a great job. It makes me geek out. I'm going to watch it over oh, yeah. and over again. Thank you so much for putting together such a great piece well, of I work. I appreciate it. Well, let me, let me at least plug the uh, where, to, where to get it right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, it's available worldwide on yeah, Blu-ray or DVD. It's on TheVenomInterviews.com. Um, so if you go there, there is a complete there's you know there's trailers, there's a breakdown of the entire contents of of all of the discs, um, and I've started putting together a, a blog there that I'll, I'll publish you know articles that kind of elaborate on various topics in the film. But uh, front and center, you can you can order the discs there, and they're available anywhere on the planet. Agree. We will we'll definitely put links up to where you can get it, and also check out. One of my favorite Facebook groups, the Venom Interviews on Facebook, which is like so hot and awesome. Like there's always such great discussions. Yeah, no, I just love the discussions are always like kind of you know on on the verge of somebody like killing somebody else. It's great, but then you have such so people on such a professional level there that oh, yeah. everybody chimes in instantly and like straightens it out. So it's really a fun group. And I want I want to thank Ray real quick for you know taking time uh, you know at at the Texas Rattlesnake Festival yeah. for you know. Sitting down or standing up with me and you know give me a quick little interview. I appreciate that so oh, much. Right? I have no idea, man. Oh, I I, I just stopped by. It was great to finally put a, a face to face. Absolutely, same, the same. And I also want to thank you for putting the outtakes in the Venom interview. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite parts to any movie I watch. I always want to see like you know people are in front of a camera the whole time, so they're trying to be as professional and serious as, as possible. But then you get the behind-the-scenes stuff, and that makes it so much, so much easier for to see them as as real people and as human beings, not just you know doctor this, doctor that. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up. That was actually part of the re- – aside, aside from the fact that the outtakes are funny. Um, yeah. It's a, Overall, it's a pretty serious film, and there's, you know, there's, there are people in it. So, you know, Doug Hodel is just – he's a funny guy. He's a, he's yeah. a very smart, very serp- serious herpetologist. Um, you know, but Doug's a naturally funny guy. Uh, yeah. but, but generally, the film is a pretty serious film, and having that at the end to kind of humanize everybody, um, you know, that was – that was probably the most fun I had was filtering through the outtakes for the uh, for the bits that would would make it in there. That was a lot of fun. Well, good. So the entire project was a lot of fun, it seems, and and like I said, a, a really wonderful achievement. So kudos to you, and thank you once again for coming out and talking to us, and for being so incredibly supportive of UJR over the years. I know we've had a, a really long relationship, and mm-hmm. you appreciate everything yeah. you've always done for us, man. Um, well, we I appreciate definitely... what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And and we will we will push the word out there. We will make sure that everyone understands how amazingly awesome the Venom interviews are. And I want to do a cool project with you in the future as well, my man. So thanks, man. Thanks for coming on the show and hanging with us. I, I know it, it, it's fun from where you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you guys if you guys ever find yourself or, or lose yourself down here in the jungle, give me yeah. a little bit of advance warning. And uh, I, I know some good places. Good. We're going to do that. i got to come up from here to you. Ray, thank you so much. Ray Morgan, the Venom Interviews. Thank you, man. You're awesome. Thanks, guys. Great to talk to you. Absolutely. Have a great night. Urban Jungle Radio. Urban Jungle Radio. Hi, this is Lucy Lawless. Hi, this is Lucy Lawless. You're listening to Danny Mendez on the Urban Jungle Radio. I gotta, I gotta handle my own camera work now because, because, uh, because Chris is a pussy. <laughs> oh, he got jokes. He got jokes. So funny, my man. Anyway, Ray Morgan, thank you, Ray, for joining us here on Urban Jungles and for uh, giving us a great talk and yeah. a great DVD, man. I love this DVD. This is Blu-ray. Ah, Blu-ray. Oh, here we go. Isn't it the same shit? It's a disc, right? Like I know it's like higher quality. Higher quality, more data. But it's like still a DVD. Stuff, it's right. It's still it's is a, a disc. DVD. Go to the Venom Interviews dot com. We had a couple people asking um, on the live chat where they could order it from. Ah, cool. Some, uh, a few of our Canadian friends, and uh, I know our boy Kirk, Kirk from right. the Reptile Wrangler. That's right, Kirk has it. Some uh, Blu-rays available. So if you're in the, how is it pronounced, Barry area sure. in Ontario, uh, make sure you hit up uh, Kirk at the uh, Reptile Wrangler. It's his own shop, which we have to get to. And bring me poutine. No, we go get the poutine. Bring us to go get the poutine. Yes, bring us to get the poutine. Bring us. To get the poutine, we'll keep the entertainment going until we get the poutine rolling. So there. That that works. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, that was a good show so far. Uh, that was. Yeah, I don't know where to go. I didn't expect to go this far. Honestly, I thought we were even gonna have a show. Ray was like messaging us within like an hour of the show, right? And he was like, "Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. The jungle connection is down." 
a toucan landed, <laughs> fucking toucan landed on the phone line. All those termites ate through and, the, uh, yeah, the cat whatever the fuck it was. And <laughs> we didn't think we were going to have a guest for a while, but, but Ray came through. Absolutely. And um, I really dug, no, seriously, like, I, 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 no bullshit, I really dug the Venom interviews. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was, it was so much fun. It was cool to see some of the people. And it was interesting to see some people's personalities that didn't even know existed in the herp world. You know, you're used to dealing with them on such a professional level and, you know, in in specific situations where they have to keep it serious. They can't be, you know, lighthearted for the most part because they're they're dealing with animals that have the potential to kill you. Mess up your day. Mess up your day. So, I mean, you know, to, to see them. That's why I like the outtakes, you know, to see them at the end, you know, joking around and, you know. Denise joking with Carl, who's she's gonna put some look like urate in his breakfast or something like that. And that's for her, that's pretty fucking funny. No wonder they got divorced. But anyway, good God. Good God. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I had some other snide comment, but I forgot it. And I, I did pronounce Barry right. Yeah, it's very cool. Shouts to my Barry peeps. Shouts to my boy Kirk. I love you, Kirk. Oh, look, there's Denise right there. Giant Viking, there Denise. Oh, we were going to talk about personalities on there, and I was going to mention the one lack of personality, but never mind. What were we going to say, Andy? I'm saying, you know, you said props to our boy Kirk, and don't forget the gigantic Viking, Andrew. Oh, Andrew the Viking. Yeah, Andrew, you're cool. Andrew, all cool. I love you guys. And um, I like my sister is is joined live. Hi, sis. Yay, sis. I love you, sis. I love my sister, Andy. Have I ever told you my, my sister? My sister's really wonderful. I have two wonderful sisters. Is this the sister out west? Yeah, this is my sister out west. She's okay. Like, she's supportive and a lover. That's and awesome. um, what are we going to talk about, man? I don't know what else. To... Hey, Chris, are you going to rap for me yet? <laughs> Fucking, ah. Uh, Chris. You, you, you know what, man? Let's, it's his first show back in a long time. So let's, let's, let's give him a, you know, let's cut him some slack, give him a break here. I just need something for next time. That's all, Chris. I'm producing now, sorry. <laughs> Fuck that. Facebook Live, if you're watching, let's send Chris messages of get on the mic and hear him rap. Have you heard, come on, you guys have heard Chris. He's pretty damn awesome. He's he's always on all of our songs. and um, He's done about four voice. or five songs for us. Chris is like the Eminem of whiter people. Than uh, whiter people. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you're right over there? You're riding good, okay? You're riding? All right. Thank you for my sound. I should rap Greg Anderson, and I do rap. Have you not heard my shit? It is quite dope. <laughs> right, Andy? No. What? Come on. <laughs> oh, now I'm playing my shit. Wait, what's good here? Let me see what's good. Um, okay, I'm gonna play a song. How how can you play your own? How can you play your own shit? My shit's good. And you know what? This is me and Chris. I'm gonna play some of me and Chris. You wanna listen? You wanna listen to some me and Chris? Please. Oh, oh wait. I, I'm being challenged to a freestyle. Oh, do I have freestyle music? I don't have freestyle music. Fuck. I took off my Kanye music because you hate it, Andy. Thank fucking God. Chris, give me a fat beat. Okay. Chris, give me a fat beat, Chris. You're kind of fucking me up here, man. This is live radio here, man. You're, you're the engineer slash producer. When I say give me a fat beat, you're supposed to give me a fat beat. Oh, my God. That's fucking funny, Come dude. Come on. Do some beatboxing. Okay. 
got nothing for you, man. Oh, my God. You're killing me. Uh, Andy, Andy, give me some beatboxing. Let Chris see what the alternative is when you don't beatbox for me. Go. Okay. All right. Wait. Okay. Wait, wait. Before I do, hold on. Um, Wait. Who was it? Oh, Rich. Rich um, wants me to freestyle. You got to tell me what you want me to freestyle about. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to come up with really good music, right? <laughs> Andy's going to follow the job. Yeah, Andy's kind of crazy. Um, let's, let's freestyle about the gorilla. Falling <laughs> 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 in the pits <laughs> and shit. Down the trail. Gorilla's got no tails. What the fuck was that? It's like he's stepping on a cat. Oh my god. That threw me off. It was like somebody stepping on a cat in the room. And you know what? That's what's like the fucking listen to Kanye. Oh, falling in love. Uh huh, honey. Falling in love. We've gone off the rails. I was about to get fucking warmed up and you got all white on me. It happens. <laughs> what can I do about it? I'm white. I'm, I'm fucking white. <laughs> you want from me? And you're still pretty fly for a white guy. Thanks. So wait, I, oh man, I can't believe I don't have a beat. That's kind of disappointing to me. I thought I had a beat. You don't have a... Uh, oh, wait, oh wait, wait, wait. Uh-huh. <gasps> oh no, that wasn't it. Oh, that was a different beat. I got excited because I thought I had it there. No, I don't have any beats. No beats. No beats. No beats. Donnie got no beats. What about radishes? You got those? Anyway, oh my god, you're killing me. So, listen, what do we have to talk about? Um, what else? The gorilla thing. Do we need? Do we really need to talk about the gorilla fucking thing? No. Like, all right, so like the gorilla got shot. Like, my opinion, if you want to know, is fuck it. Like the like the gorilla should have just played with the kid until it was bored, and if the kid made it out, it made it out. Am I right? Like. Fuck the kid, essentially, right? There's a hundred thousand, like a hundred and twenty thousand, if that gorillas left in the world. There's some ridiculous and number left. There's like billions of ghetto rats in the world, so like just fuck it if you fall into the fucking and pit because your parents aren't taking care of you. Then has been, uh, you know, around for how long? Thirty plus years, and the kid, only one kid has fallen into it. Obviously, yeah, winning. <laughs> yeah, it's winning. Right? So one kid out of so many years, fuck that. That's a win. Like I statistically, that works. Like Absolutely. I, I see no and problem with it. I saw something. The 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 wall is like thirty six inches, which is um, according to I guess AZA regulations. That's how it's supposed to be. Right. And now the people are being uh, pressuring the zoo to make it forty two inches. What's the extra six inches really going to do? If your little bratty bastard decides he's going to crawl over the wall, it doesn't matter if it's going to be 36 or 48 inches. He's going to get over it. And if you're not watching him, it's going to happen. And the fact that that gorilla lost its life because of the, yep. of that happened, you know, that's, that's a shame. And you know what? I don't blame the zoo people. No. Because having been zoo people, I know that there's a specific team in place for that kind of shit. And... um unfortunately, these people know the realities of it. And the reality is that that gorilla was shot by somebody who probably knew him pretty well. Who didn't um, want to shoot him. Who didn't want to shoot him, but had to do it because that's the required response of any zoo. There's always a response team, a dangerous animal response team in every zoo. As When I was a keeper at the Bronx Zoo, I remember it. The people who were there, they're mostly supervisors, were on it. And these people were trained. They had to even go to a target range and prove that they could handle a weapon and shoot a weapon accordingly. So 
animal snipers. Yeah, they were just an animal hit team that would be like sent out, and it was usually the zoo supervisors or the managers, and they would go out and be dispatched to the area. And when you have a situation with an animal that's potentially dangerous escaping into the public space or vice versa, the public getting into their space, that's the required response, and it's it's really horrible. And it is. It's a liability issue for the zoo, and they're just protecting them, unfortunately. And that animal, you know, was was a, it's a shame and there's no like there's a whole argument it should have been in the wild blah 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 that's not the case that's, that's all gorillas it, it's a bullshit argument and all gorillas at this point for the last twenty thirty years at least have all been bred in zoos and captivity none have been taken out of the wild and those animals were perfectly happy where they were until some little fucker decided to jump in there and just ruin life and in all situations it's my personal opinion from watching the video that um the kid was not in danger until the public reacted. Like the gorilla did not behave aggressively towards the child at any point in time. And um, it was curious for sure. And I think most of its response came from its reaction to the crowd who Mm -hmm. was screaming their heads off and, you know, reacting. And he stood over the kid many times, actually in kind of a protective pose. He stood the kid up you know, I think if he wanted to, he would have ended that whole encounter in five seconds. He he would have smashed him. So fucking quickly. And, you know, I've had this discussion with some of my coworkers because they're not animal people. Right. But, um, you know, since I'm the only animal person at my job, they asked me what my opinion was. And honestly, I, I'm with you on that, even though I've never personally worked with large primates like that, which I'm kind of glad I didn't because they are fucking scary as oh shit. God, I have. Um, but, you know, to to say that the, the gorilla um, was going to put the kid in harm's way. Probably not because he would have immediately if he wanted to. He saw that little kid essentially as a little gorilla. And, like, that's not saying anything as far as, you know, uh, race or sex or anything. Honestly, that's what it is. That's what it is. But someone was like, well, you you know, if you were an adult and that was your kid, you would have jumped in the, the pen with it. No, because then you have now immediately thrown that kid into harm's way literally into harm's way because the gorilla would have seen the kid as his or hers attacked you, beat the kid, done something, and two lives would have been lost, the gorilla and the kid, and you yourself as the parent would have been seriously fucking injured. Right. Am I wrong? I don't know. I think it's tough as a parent, as a father. Sure. I think I would have jumped in. But I also How do you think that? I think so because I also understand gorilla behavior a little bit having worked with some at the Bronx Zoo. Okay. So it's probably a long shot. I'd probably get pummeled, but I would go in there submissively and try to get my kid back, like not looking at the gorilla in the eye and trying to get up close. And if I saw him reacting in the way, then I would move away. And I think that would be enough to warrant him either carrying the kid away or going someplace safe if that's not his intention to hurt. But that's just if it was my kid. And I don't know, like I obviously wouldn't leave my kid for a second. You see my kids. They can't be left alone for two seconds. No. Never mind near an animal enclosure. Honestly, I, I, I think that jumped in the animal enclosure. The gorilla would have been I've taken my kids to, um, I've taken my kids to animal enclosures and to, to zoos especially. Mm. And you do know that. You got me? Yeah, we're good. Okay. I've taken my kids to like behind the scenes at zoos and stuff. And you know, it, it's scary and you hold them and you're always watching them and stuff yeah. like that. But, um, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a small lapse in judgment from a uh, small lapse in attention yeah. from the parent. It happens. I mean, you, you, not every parent's going to be perfect. You, if you have multiple kids, especially, you're going to lose track of one or two from here at, from time to time. But I mean, 
the kid, from what the reports were saying, the kid was saying, "I'm going to jump in. I'm going to jump in with the gorilla." Now, as a, I guess I shouldn't be speaking out of turn since I'm not a parent, but I have nieces and nephews. Had one of them told me that, "Hey, I'm going to jump in the the, the the pit with the gorilla," I would have immediately grabbed that kid by the fucking arm, goon arm the kid back over to me. <laughs> That's it. Plain and simple. It's your fucking kid. It's your responsibility. Eddie, as a cat owner, would you let your cat play near the girl exhibit? <laughs> That's a no, I wouldn't. No. Come here, Snuffleupagus. What's her name? What's a cat? One of your cat's names? Gandalf. Gandalf. No, Come here, Gandalf. You should name your cat Snuffleupagus if you don't have a cat. How could you have a fucking cat and not name it Snuffleupagus? You son of a bitch. Because none of our cats <laughs> have long fucking snouts. But still. And they're not imaginary either. Do you need a snout for being a Snuffleupagus? I think that's racist. I think you're that's... being racist. You fucking bastard. You. Is that racist? Why would you be so anti-Snuffleupagus? Oh, fuck you. Anti-stuff, I Anyway, I'm reaching, but you get my point. Like, still, no, I do. I like, you, you can't, you know, yeah, whatever. Everything that went down happened because it did. It was a lot of stupidity, right. and it was yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. And uh, it, it is well, what my, it my is. My favorite part is all the, the people on the internet geniuses, on the internet, the Twitter, the, the Facebook, the uh, pros, all the pros, Snapchat, anything that has to do with social media. Everyone is a fucking kid expert. Parenting expert, zoo expert, gorilla expert, um, I don't know, sniper. Everyone knows what to do in the best part. The best part, dude. Oh, the memes. Oh, the memes have been so fucking great. Many memes on my phone. It's I've got. Crazy. Did you see? I had like a thousand shares on one of mine. Like it's just, it's so fucking crazy. And I got, I love it, dude. It is, I love it. It's been so much fun. The memes. Thank you. Thank you, Gorilla Child, for all of the wonderful and wonderfully entertaining internet memes that you you've know produced. What? To look on the bright side, at least someone has ashtrayed now. No? Nothing? <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why we are Urban Jungles Radio. This is a journey into sound.
el único lugar en su cuerpo, el único lugar en su cuerpo donde no tiene tatuaje. Y eso es verdad. Te lo sí. juro. Sí. Anyway, what else do we have to talk about? <laughs> This is like, I think we're done. We're done? Oh, what about that fucking big alligator? Do we need to talk about that? Now, there's a big alligator in Florida. Deal with it, people. It's fucking Florida. It's fucking Florida. Deal with it, man. Yeah, and... um. Although the uh, the Jurassic Park cut... Wasn't that great? great. Wasn't that epic? Yeah. There's so many great memes going great. on with the news. Uh, thank you, Internet, for always being so interesting. And you know what? I gotta, that's, that's, that's kind of the one thing I like with all these animal you know, issues that are happening and animal escapades, as it were. All these fucking great memes and great videos that are coming out. It's spectacular, isn't and it? All that kind of, I love it. I fucking love it, man. And we love you, Jungle Junkies. You sexy bastards, all of you. And thank you for hanging out with us tonight, Facebook Live. It's yes, been like thank an you. Hour. I'm going to retire Facebook Live at this moment and let you guys know that you are the wind beneath my wings. Um, everyone say bye to Chris. Bye, Chris. Peace Chris out. is saying peace out. And um, I love you guys on Facebook Live. Thank you. We're going to leave here, but we're going to continue on with the podcast for a few minutes to close out. But, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being sexy and hanging out with us. I love you guys. Yes, thank you, guys. Yay. Okay. Now it's done. Oh, oh, my back. Take it back. Oh, what'd you do? I Uh, think it's just finished. This is finished. Ending live video. Oh, there you go. Ah, finito. Um... So yeah, man. Thanks. Special thanks to Ray Morgan for coming and joining yeah. us tonight. Um, spectacular project. Get your hands on the Venom interviews. It is for sure worth it, and definitely should be part of your collection if you're into reptiles and not necessarily just Venom and stuff. He's, he he goes over a lot of other different things, um, including just very basics in life of keeping animals and even first aid, whatever it takes. There's a whole lot of good shit on here. So check got, out the it's, Venom interviews. It's some of the last, you know, recordings. <laughs> Of a couple people. Yeah, like Call 14 yeah. and a couple of the people that we've unfortunately gone and lost. Muhammad Ali. I mean, this is, this is a, um, a five-year project. So, you know. It's spectacular it's, stuff. It's great, so, man. Um, I mean, it, it's, I think he said it's over five hours worth. Of material. Easy, video. yeah, I think so. I mean, easy. The, the, like I said, the main, the main uh, movie is a little under two hours. And then he's got, you know, three and a half, almost four hours worth of bonus features, extended cuts, outtakes. It's it's such a solid, solid movie for everyone, really. It's good stuff, man. Oh, Andy, before we go, I have to tell you something super important. What? Andy? Greetings. Urban Jungle Radio uh, Jungle Junkies. Yes. What? Um, we represent a, a faction of of people, lots of people who are upset with Urban Jungle's radio. And um What are we doing? Yeah, we're we're hacking you. Oh no, we hacked We officially taken over this Our radio station. I can't and, um, we will now play things that really matter in the world. Um, things that are important to listen to. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Things that are important to listen to. We, we want you to listen to uh, an animal. I don't think the person who hacked it. Podcast. 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 Podcast.
Rapping, not hacking. Can't even make up a song. You had enough time. Just come rhyme. <laughs> Chris, come on, man. You're fucking killing me. Do something. He's not doing anything, God man. Damn it. You We're gonna skate to one song, one song only. We'll come through. Another Urban Jungles Radio production. Was one. You ready, Chris? Come on, Chris. You ready? Let's go. It's Danny. It's Andy. It's Danny. It's Andy. Let's go, let's go, yeah. We're going so hard, jungle junkies come and find me. Friday nights and you know where to find me. In the studio, you don't want to try me. In Jersey with New York right behind me. What you know about that? I practice my violence and perfected it yet. So, what's it is? Someone like me won't live to see another dream with the help of Andy, NME, UJR, Will, and me. This show, Craig, ain't it, eh? N-D-Y, stand up, N-Y, N-U-K, we don't play. Listen up, pebbles in my ear, so big bam bam couldn't lift them up. I pack coats like Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck. This show, Craig, this show, Craig, ain't it, eh? We go so hard, jungle junkies come and find me Friday nights, and you know where to find me. In the studio, you don't want to try me. In Jersey, with New York, right behind me. This show, Craig, I run with hella gangsters. You got skeletons in your closet? I got bodies in my cellar, gangsters. Now let's take this to our life activist, slash actress, warrior princess, Lucy Lawless. Hey, gorgeous, me, my name, Chris. Have a seat next to me on the couch of Austin. I'm on fire, East Coast arsonist. And these documents say I'm marvelous, and my dominance say I'm confident. There's no Debate, I win arguments. I'm so ahead of y'all, I wrote this next week. It gets hot when I'm on the mic, so I sweat the technique. I scream it loud, I'm an MC and I'm proud. But she said, You know, the beast master does it out. I said, I read every python but the bar. Come with me and come and listen to the show. 90 minutes and I'll leave you wanting mouth. So Motherfuckers wanna find me. This show great. I'm gonna do to get behind me. Ain't it a N-D-Y? Just a fly, you know why. Got hobbits, 
centipedes Warrior princess is all I need Rhino horns, sharks and soup Fuck that shit, let's recruit our wildlife Stop the strife, don't let me catch you alone with a knife Not my fault, you can't get it up Never been a problem, these masters up For anything, even saying Laying down beats for the CGI thing Yeah, wild child, don't wanna go to bed Can't sleep at night, cause shit's not right Got no problem, hacky fin Motherfuckers gotta start paying for sin My chunky's the illness Cause I suffer from realness Got my wingman behind me Even got some gorillas, huh? No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Knives get the people going. Jungle junkie so hard. Motherfuckers behind me. If you mess with animals, you really wanna find me. Listen real close to what I gotta say. You don't wanna find out. This beast master's cray. Later.